Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to episode 120 of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Sean Wisniewski of the Corner Workshop, and with me is my co-host, Diami Plotke of the Penultimate Woodshop. Uh, today's special guest is Bill Lutz of Reclaimed Audio fame. You are famous, right? Um, we don't, we're not sure because I heard the question, <laughs> what is a Lutz all the time? So, it, What is a Lutz? <laughs> yeah. A Lutz uh, was a harp type thing, right? Well, that is what is that is what two musical instruments are. Would be oh, loops. there you go. So, so yeah, you are you're uh, the singular. I, I I am the singularly plural. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, I guess we can jump right into it. Uh, what's in the shop, Diami? Um. Well, right now, a third of a table. <laughs> a third of a table. Uh, All right. What third? Yeah, so much table that you're not recording from in your shop tonight. Exactly. Yeah, this is a uh, you know this is a little inside baseball, but I am sitting in this really deep lounge chair in my den because it's the chair that's next to the router, so I'm hardwired in. Um, because I I happen to be home alone this week. My family went on vacation without me, and uh, I decided to take the time to build a dining room table for my friend. So, I just had an image of so. Macaulay Culkin slapping his cheeks. Going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got to clarify just just real quick, you guys. I'm sure. I am not the techno savvy person. So when you say you're sitting next to your router, I'm going to assume that's an electronic thing, not your actual like. It is the router. electronic thing. internet router, um, not okay. the Porter cable. How, I have I have router. used three different uh, woodworking routers today, though. And oh, I think good. I broke one. Um, but oh no. Yeah, it, it, it was an old uh, Bosch plunge, and it, I think it might just need new uh, – oh, those silly things you replace in the motor. Um, brushes. brushes. Brushes, thank you. Yeah, I think it just made it, made it a new brush, but it was, it was sparking and smoking a little bit, so I decided to switch to a different router. When you have a you know, baker's dozen, you can just kind of flip-flop them. Right? You know, as many as I have, it's surprising how most of them aren't appropriate for whatever it is I'm choosing to do. Um, huh. I only have like four plunges, and I needed a plunge router with a quarter-inch collet that took a guide rail, and um, I ended up getting it done. But it, it it was I wasted about an hour this afternoon just messing around with different routers, trying to find the right one to do what I had to do. Which well, is, don't feel bad when when we first started reclaimed audio. I was trying to increase our Wi-Fi signal out in the garage, so I turned my router on. Phil and Tim get all <laughs> you know hissy about it and everything, and I'm. Just trying to help. So. <laughs> as long as you didn't cut yourself with it, because they're nasty. Oh no, I got duct tape. I just I just duct taped it down to the back of my chair, and it was running behind me. And I was speaking louder than the router was. They're like, turn it off. It's not helping. Blah blah. <laughs> I I like Phil, but he seems a bit of a taskmaster. Oh my gosh, you don't even know. You don't even know. I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. Just like, oh no! Yeah, we we had him on a couple months ago, and he was a good guest. But you could tell that he was a little. We ran a little a little looser than he was comfortable with. Oh, absolutely! I mean, he's he's you know. Have you ever seen Mommy Durst? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you love Actually, him, right? 
You know? Oh, I, you, he is one of the funniest people I've ever met. Um, it's unbelievable how quick witted he is. And, and I can usually, I get nervous and I'll try and be funny and I'll come off the cuff with something and the feel is just right there so quick. And, uh, it, it's, we have a lot of fun. We, we really do. It shows. I think that's one of the things that makes reclaimed audio so much fun to listen to is that you guys clearly are having fun. That's, that's key. Yeah, Absolutely. Otherwise, I'd be out of a job. <laughs> um, so I, I uh, I'll, I'll woefully skip the uh, shop part. I've got, I've done more on paper with pencil and pen than. Uh, oh, Sean, before we completely skip over you, could I okay. ask a question? Um, yeah. A few episodes ago, late December, you mentioned you were making some sort of a desk thing. You'd bought some mm. cabinets and needed to make a top for it. Do you ever make yes. that top? No, sir. Sean, it's been a month. Working. It's been a month. Um, and don't is, you love your yeah, wife? I do. <laughs> oh my goodness! Shots fired. Uh, I do. Um, the the reality is, it is in the corner of a room that we rarely use, so it's out of sight, out of mind. Ah. And literally, what is covering the top of the cabinets right now is the cardboard part of the cardboard that it was shipped in or packaged in, I should say. And that's all. The, that's where my my router and and a couple other smart home devices are are sitting, and um. They're happily sitting on top of those, and we rarely access the drawers or doors. It was just a, it was a change of that corner of the old desk that was there to put that thing in there, and uh, um, it's been mentioned once or twice, but no, that that um that hasn't happened yet. Well, then forget I said anything. Okay. Is, is I, that I, one of those, honey? I will get to it. You don't have to remind me every six months. Um, no, no, it, it needs to happen. I. <laughs> what what's helping my case you know is i i do have the active child excuse my oh, weekends yeah. which would be my time i'm away like i you know before we started recording i mentioned how beautiful it was this weekend i was inside for sporting events for 6 hours on saturday <laughs> so it just kind of chews your day up and i have very little time i really do need a onesie twosie like pick a half hour to make progress on something and that's kind of how the only way I can make progress most days. But I'd like to say I understand, but my bearded dragons don't take up so much of my time. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's not an excuse. It's just reality. It it, it is. But no, yeah. If you want me, you know what I should start doing is list my my <laughs> all the things I plan to do. <laughs> because, it's gonna be um, a long list, Sean. We'll get, it is a long list. We'll get into uh, a, a little bit later into what Fine, Wood, Fine Woodworking Live is doing this year. Um, but I've got a, I'm working on a plan for a thing for that. Despite my fact, the fact that I can't actually go because it's my spring oh, break. Okay. We're going out of town, but um, I'm going to find a way to get my car there. I guess I'll have to go. I um, think you have to go. <laughs> All right, you, you well, got to represent. Bill, what's going knows. on in your shop? Maybe more than a little yeah. piece of cardboard with a router on it. Um, actually I am, I am getting ready to start on a shoe rack for my lovely favorite best friend, person, wife. And, um, uh, I have some old wrought iron fence and, uh, pieces of a China hutch that will turn into a shoe rack for her that I've been promising for about as long as probably that corner, um, <laughs> router table thing. <laughs> now, shoe rack, is it, um. Just like an open, 
with the, when I see the, think of the wrought iron fairings, I'm thinking, is it something open with little pieces that come up that you kind of stick the shoe over? Or is it more like a box that holds a shoe or like a bench the shoe's tuck underneath? What What's the rack going to be uh, like? The, so it's going to be more like a, a bench, I guess you would say. Okay. So what I'm going to do is uh, um, the wrought iron, or not wrought iron fence, but like a metal fencing. So the slots are probably about four or five inches wide where the metal comes across and it's about four foot long. So I'm going to put, use that as a shelving because it's a shoe rack. You don't have to have a solid shelf. So mm-hmm. the pieces of the china hutch, which come down from the top like uh, like Italy, I guess you kind of say, that will be the sides of it. It'll all make sense when I make a video. So, but yeah, so it'll be like an open bench type thing for all of her shoes. And, um, if it, if it's successful, cause she's the Guinea pig, I actually have more shoes than my wife and I will make myself. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. That's, uh, you're confident in your manhood when you could admit that you have more shoes than your wife. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in a garage full of manly, manly stuff. And, um, and you, you have and, a, a nice, comfortable pair of pumps. That's perfectly reasonable. Well, I do. I do. <laughs> and also the, the main reason why I'm secure right now in my manliness is my wife's not sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I See, know. I, it's actually, it's become a segment in our, in our podcast that at some point, Phil or Tim will say, Casey, smack him. And she does. Because we usually listen to the, you know, uh, before it gets released, Bill will download it. So in bed, usually we'll listen to it as we're falling asleep. And I'm, I'm hoping she falls asleep before the smack him, Casey. <laughs> so, well, how about I ask Casey to give you a hug then? Uh, uh, would you please? Thank you so much. I think he needs it, Casey. <laughs> there you go. Yum, you are the best. I like, <laughs> I like your podcast better than mine. <laughs> and I'm doing something wrong because my wife will not listen to my podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, uh-huh. if I tried to listen to this as, as we were going to bed... I don't think I'd be in bed. <laughs> I mean, literally, like my wife and kids, if I've ever had it on, they're like, are you listening to yourself? Like, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, how you get better? <laughs> something wrong with that? Ah, anyway. It's, it's, it's called sound check. We're just doing Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Just make sure the sound's right. Why don't you listen to it? I should try that. No, so that, that sounds really cool, actually. Um, and, and obviously... You know, if people don't know, you're you're, and we'll get into this later. We're gonna talk talk to you a little more about what you do, but you're you're big into the upcycling kind of things. So that sounds really like a good use of two yeah. otherwise disassociated things. Yes, absolutely. It's a it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a way to be greener. Um, all that good stuff. It started out with me more so because I never had any money. Um, but now I my my. My lovely wife was um, from San Francisco, born and raised, and um, being you guys green. Live in, in, in outer San Francisco, in the greater area. Yeah, yeah, on the, on the across the bay from San Francisco. Okay, I, which is about four thousand miles to her. <laughs> Getting somebody who lives in San Francisco out of San Francisco is a chore in itself. But yeah, so um, but she was very much into like you know like recycling. I mean, at one point when I was a bachelor, recycling meant to me when the brown can got full, you started putting stuff in the blue can. <laughs> well, apparently that's not right. So oh. I, I've learned a lot um, and it, it means a little bit more to me now. So what I do as far as making things is um, it's, a, it's a lot more thought goes into it on what I'm actually doing and, and trying to just make a little bit of a positive difference. I, I think you guys are making more than a little bit of a difference. Well, yeah, well, we try. That's all we can all do. Absolutely. Sean, if I understand right, there's some stuff coming up. There are things coming up. Um, 
and I almost, I don't know why I've missed it up until now, because a couple of shows have already happened, but the woodworking shows are making the rounds, um, as they tend to do most years. Um, I did notice, though, that, that they're coming to your area if you live on this side of the Rio Grande. You know, or you the east side? Or the north the side? The eastern half of the country, yes. Yeah, sorry for you. Doesn't the Rio Grande on run the left more coasters. east, west, than north? It's side? way out there. Rockies, Mississippi, I don't know. <laughs> Do it, you know what this country is shaped like? <laughs> <laughs> I know the major vertical lines, give or take. So are you, are you trying to suggest that the woodworking shows are limiting their tour this year to the eastern half of the country? Yes. All right. But as, they were in as, Kansas City this weekend. Okay, Kansas City. It wasn't City. something I I did, was it? <laughs> no, no. So Can- Kansas City is literally the westernmost point that they show, even on their map. They literally, oh, Texas is the left edge of the image of the United States that they show. And so it's a, it, it really. I mean, sorry, Bill. Sorry. I mean, I'm not kidding. You you can forget about everything from the western edge of Texas. Not even all of it's in the picture. Over to the left uh, or west, as it were. But um. It is coming around. It's been in New England. Um, has it been to Baltimore? I forget. Um, but it's coming around. Diami, you said you go to the New Jersey show. That's upcoming. Um, yeah, it's, it's in middle of February, I believe. Yeah. So, oh, actually, here I'm, I'm here. So what's already happened? Baltimore, New England, Kansas City has happened. And, um, as we're recording this, Columbus, Ohio is this weekend. Um, then Indianapolis, St. Louis, Somerset, Detroit, Milwaukee, Tampa, Chantilly and Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, uh, I haven't been probably in two years. Um, it's a bit of a hike, and it's just you know not always. Uh, usually, winter is a bad tr- time to travel two hours away. Um, but it um it it's really in my estimation since the last time I was there, it's it's really turned around compared to what it used to be. Um, so in I, I think way? It's a show to get to. Um, well, it it turned into like a. Not a flea market per se, but it was definitely. Uh, Have um, you ever been, Bill? No, I've, okay. I've done the Maker Fair thing, but I have not okay. done a woodworking this show, is, and I am excited to eventually get to one. Yeah, I, the, I, I, the woodworking what? shows is a world different from the Maker Fair. Um, right, it's exclu- uh, almost exclusively a marketplace. It's there for big and small tool vendors to to show their wares. Okay. Um, about, I'm going to say it at a slow point about five years ago, six years ago. And it was, they couldn't even get real main, main brand tool companies to come anymore. And it was, it was more home repair stuff than woodworking per se. And, um, it's okay. really lost direction. And a new guy bought it four or five years ago and has worked, uh, to really bring it into focus. And there's a, Andy Chidwick is a woodworker. Many of us know, and he and his wife, came on board and were responsible for many years in marketing and pulling it together. And they, they really helped change the direction of it and they're no longer there. Um, but it continues to be a very well put together show. Um, so would it offer like classes and things like that? See or? that that's what it doesn't offer classes. It's not like the, the other woodworking shows like woodworking America and fine woodworking live and the more conference right. type shows, the wood, the, the woodworking shows is not like that. It's basically just the marketplace. And what they've tried to do okay. is, they will have vendors give lectures and things like they'll be every year for the last five, six years. Uh, Roland Johnson, who's one of the editors of fine woodworking travels with the shows and he'll give two or three lectures throughout the day. Um, okay. You've got, um, 
Jim, Jim Heavey of Wood Magazine does the same thing. The two guys from uh, Glenn and Chuck from 360 Woodworking do it. And they'll give really good lectures. And the, the quality of the lecture they give is probably on par with what you're going to get at one of the more conference types. But it's, it's okay. an open area in the back of the trade show. So it's, it's not quite as focused an educational thing. And it's much more just a marketplace. Well, that's that's that still sounds like it could be a lot of fun. I mean, um, would would they offer somehow like uh, discounted tools or show you what up and coming tools are going to be out there? Uh, in my experience, the tools are not necessarily discounted, but it is really nice to be t- feel and touch the tools. Like I don't know about you, but a lot of woodworking tools, especially the bigger power equipment I have, I bought on faith because there was nowhere I could go and try out you know, the eight inch joiner or the big bandsaw or things like that. And that's one of the advantages is that the companies that are there, you do get to touch and play and feel and, and use the tools right. and decide whether or not you really like them. So you're not paying bad pricing, but you might be better off, you know, I know jet and powermatic, for example, run sales throughout the year and you can usually catch them at like 10 or 15% off. That's probably going to be a better deal than you get at the woodworking shows. But right. at the woodworking shows, you really get to touch it and use it. So there's a lot of value in that. If you know what you're looking for, um, or you know you need a bandsaw as an example, you go and you play with two or three of them. You decide you do like this brand, you don't like the other brand. I would say there's a lot of value in in that part of the show. Yeah, it's taking them for a test drive. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you uh, do you see your little message from your uh, cohort there? I do. I'm here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So I was um, supposed to say that. Oh, never mind. <laughs> seamless. We're seamless, boys. Seamless. No, and I was looking up um, when you're talking about that. I got an email today about the Columbus show because that's, I mean, the one I've been to in the past. I'm sure it's a mailing list. Um, but they're saying there's 50 classes available during the weekend. So they're trying to push wow. a bit of education as well. I'm sure it's that forum style where you can just sit up, you know, they just have kind of – right semi-stages ringing the event that you just walk up to but like jim heavey and the like are uh are making the tour with them and yeah, um, all the I people think- they have giving those lectures they're they're really good guys who know what they're talking about um mm-hmm. some of the lectures that i've been to at the woodworking shows have been f- fantastic so i i don't mean to discount it as an educational thing but it's it's more of a of a marketplace with some classes as opposed to a true conference per se yeah, I mean, if you want to get your foot wet in something like that, I mean, it, it, there's a fairly cheap. I think it's ten or twelve dollars to get in the door. Um, exactly. To right. to to you know get your hands on tools, but also you know if you've never if you've read Jim Hebe's articles on finishing, sit down and listen to him talk about it. You'll you might glean a little more information when you hear it straight from the. You horse could also house. listen to um, when Jim Hebe was a, a a guest on the Modern Woodworkers Association, and you we could talked do finishing that, with him extensively. We did. <laughs> if I was really on top of it, I'd have a show number, but it was a while ago. It was about two years oh, ago. Oh, it was a bit ago. Oh, was it a couple I, years ago? Or? Yeah. I, I've heard when he talks about his finishing that it, it's it's just absolutely it shines above the rest. <laughs> it has a certain sheen, for sure. It's, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Polished. He uh, is quite the polished speaker. You're right, John. <laughs> I'm a little more matte yeah. myself. But. Yeah. <laughs> well... If we um, want to move away from, from puns and move to snark, um, Fine Woodworking Live ooh, is like coming snark. up. <laughs> <laughs> Fine Woodworking well, Live is coming up. Uh, that's in the uh, last, what, second to last weekend in April. Sure. Um, 
But what I did just notice today, um, looking on their site, I didn't. I, I don't read their blog all the time, but um, they they put up something a few weeks ago. They have a scholarship opportunity. That by um, scholarship, you mean they'll pay for you to go to Fine Woodworking Live? Yes, okay. not put you through college, but um, I guess they're looking. They're they're thinking of their show as a bit of an educational experience. Oh, it so certainly is. It is. It is. I mean, you, you really will learn something. Um, I but, have got to move out of the West Coast. So you're telling me that this this place will pay you to go see their stuff? Well, so they're How giving away, literally, you could sign up and pay for yourself, but they're, they're giving away three entries. One of those entries is reserved for active or retired military. Specifically, that's cool. That's which cool. is a really cool thing. Yeah, um, and the other but, two are just uh, reserved for lay schmucks. Lay schmucks, yes, yeah. that that are not so brave. But uh, I believe <laughs> the deadline for that is February fifteenth. Um, I have a link in the show notes. But all they say is like visit this and submit it. And I don't know what their criteria is directly, but it is not just entry to it, but it is travel and food and hotel. Oh, that's a good deal because oh, wow. those other things that's... add up to be more expensive than the conference. Yeah, I mean they they say up to like a twenty four hundred dollar you know value, hmm. um, which I mean that, that, that honestly, would cover my food. It could be, but I mean it, they may not know what they're getting into, and they say promise to feed you. But um, definitely, I mean if, you know, I guess the less people you tell is the better chance you have of getting it. But <laughs> they, um, we, I just spoiled that for everyone. So get out there. That. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but try to go. And along with that, um, just listening to one of their most recent podcasts, they mentioned – That would be um, Shop Talk Live? Shop Talk Live, yeah. Sorry, Shop Talk Live. Um, their, the event they're having, I believe, Friday night at the show is their Hardwood Derby, which we talked to Tom McKenna about. Um, you may have heard that. Um, but they did approve Diami's use of LVL. No, 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 no. Not LVL. Resin sorry, not LVL, resin. Sorry impregnated timber strand it is not lvl the wording they used if i remember correctly is if you can buy it in a hardware store or in a lumber store you know if you can buy it from a wood seller i gotta contact zach hold on so (laughs) make sure you can get it done the resin infusing might be a a bit of an issue but i say go for it anyway because you can buy the product and what you do to it is beyond whatever (laughs) i could resin infuse oak and and send it it's still oak now i've I've had the honor of meeting zach in person if you're if we're talking about zach higgins yeah yeah he's actually kind of somewhat local to me so i can i can get impregnated by him pretty much any (laughs) time Well, I'll, I'll reveal my uh, my potentially derby winning secrets to you, Bill. Is um, timber strand is a material that I love to build with, and it's a construction lumber. It's okay. like OSB, where it's you know OSB is plywood made with the little chips instead of instead of veneers. Yeah, yeah. And this is two by fours, two by sixes made of those same chips. Okay. So in so residential construction glue and a lot of chips away. exactly in, in residential construction it's really high-end framing lumber because it's incredibly straight yeah, right that's right. straight and yeah. tough um so i've used it i've made folding chairs out of it um and i've done a, a bunch of different pieces of furniture out of it most of the benches in my shop that hold my miter saw and things are made out of it um and as i've as i've used it more and more i've one of the one of the issues with it is that it's it's a bit soft, um, so I sent a couple samples out to Zach 
two years ago, something like that. And he was nice right. enough to resin infuse them the way he does some of his knurled blanks for pens. Right, right. And they came back and what I was expecting them to be hard, but it hadn't dawned on me that we could dye the resin. And just by dumb luck, he happened to use a purple resin. So now they're dyed straight through purple and you cut them and they're still purple. Um, oh, this is getting awesome. And <laughs> the beauty of the timber strand when you dye it is that each individual piece takes the color a little bit differently. So you get these really right. rich tones to it. Um, like the the chair I've made, I, I, I just love the – you can stare into the seat of the chair and it's so deep because the different pieces take the color because it's a blue chair because why wouldn't you make a chair blue? Um, mm-hmm. So with the uh, – I've got these resin infused blanks in my in my shop now that I've I've just recently glued together. I'm going to try power carving them and make sure that it shows the way it does because my ultimate goal is to resin infuse pieces in different colors, glue them all together, and then power carve them and have the color still come through. Because if I just dyed the surface, I would carve it all away. Right, right. Um, but the resin infusing is incredibly heavy, so I'm thinking if we have to make pinewood derby cars out of wood. That's what I want to Hard, use. Yeah, harder wood, I guess. Well, uh, wow, I, I, that's just the first thing I'm thinking of is how many dumpsters I can get into that we're going to have. I never thought of that as far as like a, um, an upcycled material. But, oh yeah, wow. yeah. Go go buy a go buy a, a you know a framing site where they're building building something. I, I oh, say yeah. that it's I, it's very yeah. popular here on the East Coast for high end residential construction. When I was talking right. to Zach about it, and he's in Nevada, I guess, not, not quite as far west as you are, um, but when I was talking right. to Zach about it, he could not get it local to him. Now, I don't know if that's because he wasn't willing to go down to a commercial lumberyard, but he, I had to mail it to him. He couldn't get it. So I, I don't know if it's regional in terms of where it's available, but my suggestion would be look at look at a, a, a building that's being framed and see what they have in terms of you know the cutoffs and extra lumber there. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Um... It's just a matter of, yeah, I just never thought of, you know, because OSB is kind of something we shy away from uh, just because it, but making two by sixes and two by fours and some of the large framing lumber I've seen made out of that. Hmm. Um, yeah, having cutoffs of that would be kind of neat. And I'm I'm not sure I have the manpower to impregnate it like Zach does, <laughs> but it'd be something I'm interested in learning because I just got uh, my first lathe recently. So Oh, there you yeah. go. Well, let, let's lead that let that lead into uh, into your work. I've heard you talk excitedly about the lathe, but it seems like it's more Casey's lathe, lathe than yours. Uh, yes, yes, and no. Um, I, I don't. That's that's absolutely fine. I I don't mean to say it shouldn't be hers. Um, no, ha- no. I, again, she's not here, so I can be a little <laughs> bit braver than I than I would be. Um, no, we did get it for her. We went to a a craft show, or a, uh, yeah, it was more like a craft show, I guess. And um, we walked into a couple of these booths and she saw, you know, pens and bowls and all these different things. And she saw, I, I want that. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll ask, no, no, I want to make that. And it wasn't long afterwards that we went to uh, the cheap store and bought a really cheap lathe. And we love it. We both love it. I've used metal and wood lathes in my lifetime before. Okay. But somebody was holding my hand during the process. Um, so I'm not completely unfamiliar with it, but to have one to play with it and to, it's just awesome. I mean, absolutely awesome. So, and I discovered after my last video that, um, about 52 people were kind enough to let me know that the tool rest was on backwards. So I put that down. 
<laughs> I got that down. I know which way it goes now. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a lot of fun. I can see the rabbit hole it is. So mm. now, l- let me ask you: if you had minimal but past experience with it, would that be accurate? Yes. And did she have any experience on it before? None. So when you put the first piece in, how intimidating was it to to put the put the knife to it and actually start? Carving. Well, I basically I, I I told her which direction it spins, and I turned it off. And then when I ran around the corner of the house, I yelled out "Go!" <laughs> and as I came back, she had started. No, um, it really wasn't because this lathe is so tiny, and um, it's I there is not much mechanically that scares me. Okay. If I can figure out not so much how to use it, but what it does and what direction it spins or turns, where sharp things go. Um, it, it doesn't really intimidate me. I mean, that's what I've done my entire life is I've been around different types of tools and machines. So it, it wasn't so much of a scary thing as it was, um, just not knowing enough other than telling her how to be safe with it. You know, I had her done up with a Kevlar jacket and a riot suit and everything I could to turn her first piece of wood on it. And it was just amazing. And then, you know, I've, I've been watching like Carl Jacobson forever. And, oh, he's and, amazing. Uh, just, he oh yeah. I mean, come on, Millennium Falcon on a lathe. Hello, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, it, it was it was not very intimidating. Uh, it's just I don't know a lot about it, so we're both learning. And the fact that she's out in the garage or in the shop with me is um, that in itself is is just awesome. That's, that's fan- pretty. Yeah, awesome. That's fantastic. I would yeah. say I I I fell into a lathe, not literally, um, but. I, I stole it from my brother, and I've used it, and I learned on it, and I taught another guy, or I introduced him to it. I can't say I taught him anything. I but, heard you taught that um, Pachuto guy. Yeah, Pachuto guy. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but my like my dad is deathly afraid of it. He's like, oh wow. No. I mean, he and he's he's an electrician. He'll he'll handle high high electronics. He'll I mean he can fix anything that you put in front of him. But you put that spinning thing. He's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. My tools are supposed to spin, not the thing I'm turning, or not the thing you know, work. <laughs> it's like just it, it, it that in welding. He's deathly afraid of it. Well, he's wow, like, it, just, it breaks it breaks the the way I think things are supposed to work. I went okay. You know, I've had I've had tear out. I've had it catch. I you know, it's it's it it makes you jump a little bit, but it's not exactly a, a life changing event. Mostly, I mean, like, you, God forbid, you you stab yourself. It, it seems it. less frightening than wiring my dust collector. Um. <laughs> yeah, but but like my my dad like came over to my house and ran a new two twenty line like it was nothing. I mean, he 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 plugged in a a fifty amp breaker into my box while it was live. And he, well, I mean, you have to no, do that. No basically. problem doing that. Yeah. But but you put him in front of a, a <laughs> tool that's spinning even at 300 RPM, and he's like, oh, like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, hats that's off a- to you and your wife I mean, for uh, for getting into it and, and uh, conquering the lathe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about conquering. <laughs> I mean, it's like I said, I, I think it's probably a, a 15th of a horsepower motor on so it's not too intimidating. Yeah, and but if I can, it's perfect I can, for little spindles and pens and and stuff like that. I mean, it's an oh, awesome. Absolutely, thing. no, absolutely. I mean, we're just having a blast with it. That's what our Christmas was this year. Is uh, she made the pens and I made these little cigar tube type boxes that the pens went in. So everybody we knew got a pen for Christmas, and it was um, first time, first year that we had done that. That was that was really cool. That, that is, is cool. Awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but she's her idea was she's already envisioned. She owns a hair salon, and what she wants to be able to make eventually, and I think we're going to have to upgrade when we get to that point, is um, like hairbrushes and mirrors, like the handles that would go on things like that that she could sell in the salon. Oh, okay. And not so oh. much not so much to make all the money, but just is because she also offers in the salon. There are like people that make leather goods or little cactus plants in pots. They, they offer these little pop-up shops in their, in their hair salon and she would be able to do that as well. So it, it would just be because she's getting into this whole making thing. That's, that's, cool. um, that's a great idea, actually. You know, I guess I, what I've seen kit wise, um, are like, um, shaving, uh, like, Shaving cream application brushes. I don't know what those probably right, the right. term. That kind of thing, where it's a little bit of a mushroom top handle. Um, right. But any of that stuff, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. And then, even I if mean, you could, being the upcycling thing, if you could find some crappy you know, brush and snap a handle off it and put in a hand-turned, I mean, that's a, ex- that'd be Well, I, I think, I think that's kind of like, um, no, that's ew. That's, somebody's hair has already been in that. Well, there's, that, <laughs> there's ways of cleaning. I mean, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think one of the things she even thought of as far as like even making a, um, out of resin is being able to, let's say you, you bring your child in for their first haircut. And a lot of times they will ask you to save a snippet of that hair and take it with them as a mm-hmm. memento. Well, mm-hmm. what about casting that snippet of the hair in some resin and having that be the handle to a brush or something? So, hmm. Mm. It sounds kind of weird. Some people have gone, ew, and other people are like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. No, I was thinking you'd make like some little keepsake box to put it in. I had not thought of casting it in resin. Yeah. No, but a, like a, a good clear resin, like yeah. a, a truly like glass clear resin yeah. with that suspended in it, that would be pretty sweet. Come on, and it's a hairbrush made of hair. Hello. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's such a thing as like hair art. Have you ever seen that? Where people I like, believe my what? wife is an artist. And she okay, yeah. It. But I mean, it's like a Victorian era thing. It's been around yes, for yes, eons, yes. and, and uh, it's really cool. But it's creepy if you look at it the right way. You know, it's kind of like Ugh, you know, they just took yeah. somebody's hair and made a butterfly out of it. Like, Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's you, say you don't like butterflies, Sean? No, I love you? butterflies. They're beautiful. <laughs> All butterflies are just the pretty ones. What about <laughs> All, moths? Sean? Moths are fine. Did you hear about the? <laughs> 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 There's a, a new species of moth found. That has little white tufts of hair, and I don't want to dig on our president, but it literally is named after Donald Trump. It's really? just discovered in the last two weeks. It's something, something Trumpius. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, discovering a new species and throwing anything positive in this political climate is awesome. So I'm all for it. I, I, yeah. That's good news. And Absolutely. The guy who named it said, I, uh, literally, I was not trying to make fun of, at that time, President-elect Donald Trump. But it was just the resemblance of, again, little white tufts of hair, <laughs> feathers or fur, whatever the thing has on it. It measures like three millimeters. It's a tiny, tiny little thing. But uh, I just heard about that this week, and I thought that was funny. Anyway, how, how big did you say? Three millimeters. It's tiny. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I am. I'm really curious, though, as to how we migrated to mods. <laughs> uh, butterflies. Because Phil's not here to keep uh, us on track is why. Hair, uh, oh, hair dresser. Got it. Did it. All right. 
Anyway, I, mean, right, I so, could probably text Bill and have no. Yeah. <laughs> could you? Well, could you? Proctor our podcast. <laughs> we need an MC. We're we're really drifting off here. Uh, so you've made pens and cigar shaped cases for the pens. Have you guys gotten into anything else? Is the is the is the lathe too limiting to get beyond pens? Or are you going to get into bowls and vessels and things? No, we're going to try. It's got. I think it has enough capacity, and, and um, uh, people have generously donated. I've got more like gouges now than I've ever knew. I don't know what they're even called. Wow, I know one's like the, cool. the tough gouge and one's a carbonated gouge and one's a cutter offer. And, and I've mm-hmm. got a chuck for it, an actual chuck, um, not Petuto's chuck. It's a different chuck. <laughs> like a, dr- like um, a drill chuck? No, not a drill chuck. Like uh, the thing you would put the bowl on. Oh, like, yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I think we can, she wants to, to experiment with like maybe making some small cups and vessels and bowls and little vases and things. And again, if her excitement level continues to grow, then I'm, I'm ready to accept the fact that we will be spending more money on bigger equipment. Cause it's, just, got it. <laughs> it's a natural yeah. progression really to, to get a bigger so. lathe. It's kind of weird. I thought I would be excited about the fact that she would now understand why I spend the money I do on tools, but it's also terrifying at the same time. That she's going to kind of know the secret. Although I will have to say, again, she owns a, a hair salon. And for years, she's been seeing me get excited about tools and, and spending a few dollars here and there. And she's been so supportive. She really has. I mean, you know, honey, I want this. I want that. And save up for it. And it's just, you know, hundreds of dollars in some cases. And more, you know. I mean, you guys know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she comes home after opening this hair salon one time and she says, Oh, look what I, I just got. We have this gentleman that comes in and he sharpens our scissors for it. And look at, look at how amazing this is. And he polished them up. And I'm like, those are nice. Those are really nice scissors. And she's, yeah, I just got, this is my third pair. I'm like, Oh, where'd you get them? So, well, he sells them. I'm like, Oh, really? How much you pay for it? and so what do you do because like i just have to smile and go those are the coolest scissors i've ever seen dear honey do those scissors make you money then it was a good investment yep yeah it is and it's it's her tools of the trade right and uh i literally her livelihood like it's it is what does her job with her Absolutely. And there's no amount of argument in the world that can talk her into that pair of Fiskars I have in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> I can get them at Walmart. I can get them at Walmart. You break can, one, you dull I, one, I'll get you a new one. I can find, I sharpen my Fiskars. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll last a while. Yeah. I, I, yeah. No, they don't. But, but, but Bill, really, when was the last time you got paid to cut something with them? Uh, it, no, true, 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 absolutely true. I, I have it, it really opened my eyes to what she must have been going through for me to explain why I wanted a certain tool. So, and and there is a difference because when she was going to uh, cosmetology school, I was somewhat of a guinea pig. My hair was many different colors, different lengths and styles, and um, some of the hair, haircuts with the school scissors uh, were a little brutal. They, they were. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it would be like, the, yeah, it's, you know, it's like we bought the lathe at the cheap store. We bought a set of gouges at the cheap store. We bent said gouges on the very weak lathe. Oh, immediately. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how cheap they were Wow. Uh, with a, a lathe that has absolutely no power. But that's just an example of, you know, sometimes you get what you pay for. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunately true. But yeah. other, to be, and the same to, token, can we clarify the cheap store? Are you talking Harbor Freight or yes, yes? Okay, just just making sure. All right. Um, at the same token, though, a, a let's call it a fancy lathe is as expensive or more so as any other piece of equipment you're going to put in a woodworking shop. So that's a large investment to then find out. Oh, it seemed really cool, but I didn't really like it. Um, yeah. Which is which is why with the coupon seventy nine ninety nine I walked out with a lathe. Yep, that was that was my initial. Seriously, that was that's why I I did that was to just do you like this and and we're both falling in love with with turning so I can see where it's going to I can keep this little one obviously for pens because it's perfect for that it has it does more than what it needs to to make pens um, but it, but as we grow and progress I I can see. I, what's that one Carl's got? That big metal oh, jammer. Uh, the uh, robust. Is it a Nova? Robust. It is. It's robust. Robust. Oh, robust. And the thing is a tank. Oh yeah, it's like but cast it's so iron, good. six thousand pound beast. It's the coolest thing. But I've looked at it in the world just, ever. Yes. Yes. No, it really is. I was like, oh, and I, 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 I've lusted over that lathe, and I have, I've got a little. Uh, jet, like little fourteen-inch capacity lathe. It's a little midi lathe. It's not nothing to right. to to boast about. But I was like, oh, dude, that would be awesome. It would be so much better than this. And then I looked at something. I'm like, oh, that's worth probably every bit. It's worth. <laughs> they say it well, is. Holy yeah, shit. it's. I mean, it's a new truck or a lathe. You know. You gotta <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, you know, whatever, you, know you, you're able to <laughs> to get to work and back, or you can have a really sweet lathe in the garage. Uh, yeah. Take your well with the right modifications. I bet I could fix it so we could drive the lake. <laughs> well, wow. would you sit on it like a horse? I would have to. You would have to. Yeah. Could you make like because I, like I would a never... hammock to saddle like swing underneath it, ride low <laughs> like a reclining bike. Well. You know, the only thing I wouldn't like about that is I would feel like one of those old movies where they're taking the guy over the spit roast and they're hanging him <laughs> like that. Oh, he'd feel yeah, like, so yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I can imagine like handlebars. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I and then my head goes to steering. I don't know how you do that, but uh, when you're driving so, something that heavy down the road, you don't need to steer. They need to steer. That's true. They need to get out of your way. You don't need to get that's out right. of there. Fair. So there. it is. It's, it's truly impressive, but yeah, it's the, on the maybe someday list. Maybe. Yeah, I think. Well, there's got to be a space in between. That you can upgrade. <laughs> I think there are many so. spaces in between. You can yes. spend a, hundreds a, of spaces. The hundreds of spaces. Yes, you can do a lot of things in between there. And what's cool is when you're starting with the the ch- cheap version. You know, in, in air quotes, um, you can appreciate what makes the next one a little bit worth whatever it is above what you paid for that one. You know, it's going to be oh, something, absolutely. the motor, the, the, the speed control, the, the way the, whatever turns or, or, or handles, it's going to, you'll notice it. I hope at least. Well, well, not only that, I mean, you can also appreciate, uh, the safety requirements that go along with it because mm-hmm. uh, again, I can see where uh, an actual lathe that has some power, and why it's important to have the tool rest in the right direction at the proper distance from the workpiece, centered on the workpiece. There's so many things. Wearing loose clothing, all all of these things, I can see that physically with this tiny lathe, and it's like, yeah, there's a a lot of responsibility that goes along with upgrading. So 
that that's that would maybe it would have been a little more intimidating had I gotten a bigger lathe to start off with. But mm-hmm. this little mm-hmm. one was kind of like it's just kind of cute. You know, it's hard <laughs> to be intimidated by something that's cute. Yeah. And you get up to like what Kyle Toth does with his like off center turnings of giant things that would look like they're gonna shake the whole floor. You know, you go, <laughs> stand back from that crap. Like even his well, bar tab handles that he makes, those things are off centered. And I like my little thing would shake off the table. It'd be gone. You know, I'm telling. I've met Kyle a couple of times, and he's intimidating by himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great guy. He is intimidating. You walk up to him, and it's like I don't know anything. I'm a hack. I just <laughs> in your presence, and you bow a little bit, and he smiles, and you're like, "Thank you. I see the light <laughs> for your approval, sir." <laughs> yes, Kyle is one of the most amazing makers of anything ever. Yes, um, an amazing young man. Since you got the lathe, have you touched anything else in the shop? Um, that's getting a little personal, don't you think? <laughs> maybe, maybe not touch, just caress. Um, yes, I, yes, I have. Um, and I, I'm trying to figure out how I can incorporate the lathe into a shoe rack, and it's, it's, I haven't come up with anything yet. So I'm going to have a little welding to do, a little, little table saw action, and um, – and uh, groove cutting and wait, you woodworkers, what do you call the grooves? They're um, dados, dados, yeah, dados, yeah. dados, yeah. So I got to cut some dados for the fence to fit in the china hutch. So when the fence and the china hutch are groovy, <laughs> there's a shoe rack involved. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the what I what I see, you, I'm not trying to react to that, Bill. So I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> uh, what I see you make. It, it tends your your focus tends to be more on you've got some stuff you come up with something you think is going to be cool to make out of out of it and you you work to make it more than you've got a you know a, a typical technique or tooling that you use and you just make lots of things with that it, it, would that be fair to say that you're driven more by by the project than than the method absolutely Absolutely. It's, it's, it's kind of like um, limitations, you know, because you, you basically you do what you have to. I've taken on a few commissions where I've had to just, I mean, go buy the material because it's just like I don't have the time or I don't have, it, you know, things on hand to do it. But most often I collect enough stuff that it's like, okay, I want to build a shoe rack. What, can, what do I have that can be a little bit unique, use a few different types of materials? And um, so you go from there. So your limitations – spur that creativity a little bit more i think and uh it's fun and i would probably make one like that and you know not do another one right right so now that you've been building for a while i'm I'm assuming you've built before this most recent uh upcycling phase but um now that you've been upcycling for a while do you just let the materials in front of you kind of dictate what they'll become or do you have, you know what? I really want to make a dresser and I'm just, I, I, I wish I could find the materials to make it. Do you have something like that where you're frustrated that you, you have a project you'd like to do, but don't have the material in front of you? Or is it, is it more just the excitement of making whatever you can out of the material you have? Well, I, I, yes to both of those scenarios. And, and I live in, in the Bay Area of California. There's so many places to go scavenge for things and so many um, cabinet shops and, and upholstery places that I, that I can find things if I need them. But a lot of times what I'm building just 
takes a completely a left turn. You know, in the middle of it, it's like, you know, that's not really actually what this thing wants to be. It wants to be this. Mm-hmm. And it will change right in the middle of a build. And I, I find that a lot of fun. Um, again, I don't do a lot of, I'm not making my living doing this. It's, it's much, much, much more of a hobby. So when I do take on a, a commission, if they, if I'm allowed free license and I can do kind of what I want and I try and manage the client's expectations on what they want me to build. So basically I tell them, I'm going to interpret what you think you want me to make you. Okay. And if I can get that, if I can get them to buy into that, then I can pretty much do what I want and it can change up. If they're dead set on something and I don't agree with it, I just won't take the, take the commission. Right. Or I, it may start off and, and I try and, you know, communicate with them and, and keep, uh, keep them involved in it. And sometimes they'll change it up, you know, halfway through, which is, we all know so much fun when you think you've got something <laughs> perfect. And can we do this instead? I don't care what it costs. It's like, yeah, yeah I guess. Okay. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't do a lot of that. So I, I've been blessed that I don't have to deal with that too much. I did, um, uh, when my wife opened the salon, her and two of her coworkers, they all decided they were going to open her own beauty salon. And um, just budgetary reasons, I ended up making everything in it, which I thought was going to be just to get them by until they started making money and they could hire designers or whatever to come in. But it turned out really well, and it's actually become uh, like a showroom for stuff that I do. Yeah, and, um, I, I recently watched your your tour of the salon. Um, and yeah, I've heard you talk about it forever, but I, I was blown away by it. It's really nice stuff. Yeah, it came out kind of neat. It was, um, it was just, I, I had a little bit more control because it was like, I'm, you know, this is free labor for you guys. I'm going to find, I would say 60 to 80% of the salon is probably reclaimed, found, dumpster dived, upcycled. Tim would have to give you the right term, <laughs> but you know, uh, so, yeah, it turned out pretty well, but also allowing them to have the freedom to try and have some input was a lot of fun when I had three um, very opinionated, much smarter than me people saying what they want me to do. Loved it, but it turned out all good. I got my way. <laughs> <laughs> very important. They, uh, I, I, I watched today your, uh, your giant ice pick video. <laughs> um, which is which is pretty darn slick. I I, I have to admit that's a uh, a nice homage to to the uh, Duresta's of the world. But uh, I mean, it's uh it's cool. You you seem to have a pretty wide skill set in, in I, what well, you're you know, working with. I I I've been doing um maintenance or facilities maintenance, handyman work, whatever you want to call it, uh, pretty much my entire life. Okay. And so I've, I've had a lot of experience, like I said, being around different tools and, and as a facilities person or a maintenance man, you've got to know a little bit of everything, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I see things and I just, uh, want to figure out how it works and I want to make it, um, I'm finding I'm, I'm slowly turning towards a little bit more of the fine woodworking as I progress in age. Um, I didn't have the attention span to really do that. I've, I've made a couple of really nice, I made like a $25,000 secretary desk cause that's how much I feel it cost me to make <laughs> by the time I was getting done making mistakes, but I've done, you know, the dovetail drawers and, and mortise and tenant and all this. I mean, real, I had somebody holding my hand and, and really showing me some of this fine woodworking and it came out beautifully. 
Um, and I loved it. It was just amazing, but I vowed I would never do it again. I just like, I, I can't just make this. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not that person. I can't, I'm a hack and I like being a hack. I can, I can fake it in, you know, because the, the skill sets that, um, a lot of woodworkers have blow me away. I mean, just how they can communicate with their tools and the material that they're working with and what it turns into is just beyond amazing to me. But I can make something look like it. You'd never know it had pocket holes. <laughs> <laughs> that is an important skill to have. You know what? I, I give you a ton of credit for that because pocket holes and there's many other things like that that are, are oh yeah, you know, too many too many woodworkers look down upon as as a cheat or a hack or some something. But um, you know, the reason dovetails were used in every drawer years ago is because that was the only way to make them. Um, yeah, there was little technology and little tooling that could do otherwise. Yeah. Um, and it worked. I no, mean, it was a strong way of doing it. You know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm probably got a few years on you guys, and I, I have noticed, though, that the, 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 what I think the, the origin of the maker community is the woodworking community, in my mind anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the looking down upon is so much less now than it ever has been. And some of these guys are... are I mean, guys that I know that are straight up just brilliant woodworkers, fine woodworkers, people that I, I, they know they've forgotten more than I'll ever learn type guys. And, um, they're just so pleasant and fun and they're just as interested now in, in how people are making different things and different using different materials. So that's gone away. I think a lot, you know, is that, that, that separation. Now we're all makers. Some of us are woodworkers. Some of us are welders. Some of us are, plain and concrete or we're seamstresses or balloon makers. I don't know, but we all have one thing in common and that's a passion to make things and technology has brought us all together. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely just, true. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, you guys have been around for a long time and that's kind of been your mission, right? I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, bringing this community together and this, these neat little devices that we have that you plug into the wall and you have a rider that's not the one that carves wood <laughs> makes it able for us to talk. <laughs> It it really is. I mean, uh, you know, if we could navel gaze on the Modern Woodworkers Association for a little bit, it it's been, you know, it, it originally was uh, there exists the what was at the time the kind of infancy of social media, and right. all these these people that were working in their shops got, started communicating with each other and go, hey, you know, we could mm-hmm. we could talk to each other now. And it and it's it's gone up from then. It's really um it's it's become a movement. The maker movement <laughs> oh. is in full swing for sure. Oh yeah, and it's it's I mean because it was a very solitary thing. Um, you know, like you think about your uncle or your grandpa or your dad. They had a shop, and it's like I I don't know when I was younger. I didn't know anybody else who had this passion. I know they existed, but I couldn't I couldn't relate to like back then what we would call artists, you know, these guys that were sculptors or painters. That's not what I did. And I couldn't go to the, the woodworkers because, well, I'm not really a, a woodworker. So that bridge has been gapped, you know, and, and people are just calling us all makers. And I love that in so many ways. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's kind of, it pulls the people who did all these different activities, the the welders and the woodworkers and the artists and every, everyone who is a maker, um, there were all the people who kind of did it by themselves in their garage and didn't realize that other people did it. But then the people who right. did it out in public, there was no easy way to reach them. And I think almost by default, right. exactly. they ended up in these ivory towers that, you know, oh, 
they're this great artist and you don't mm-hmm. realize how they're just a, a regular person and want to share what they what they're passionate about with everyone. Well, absolutely. That's why I said you guys are part of that pioneer. You know, Spagnolo, you guys, uh, Steve Ramsey, who's just been around for so long. I think Steve Ramsey um, predates YouTube. <laughs> in in birth years or oh, how old are you for sure but yeah absolutely yeah you guys are on the you know you guys are whippersnappers so <laughs> but but you've all been around i mean since the beginning you were around when the thing on youtube was what the cat dancing on a dryer or something like that it's <laughs> whatever it was day. yeah and it's it's grown into this uh, you know again you guys have brought you are the pioneers of bringing this community together. I mean, I can't believe I've met it, Jimmy, Jimmy DeResta. I've met Pachuto. I've met Bob Claggett. I've met Kyle Toth. I've met Steve Ramsey. I've met all of these people and it wouldn't have happened for me, you know, even five no. years ago. Bill, I, I don't mean to pull a trump card on you and I don't mean that politically, um, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to pull rank here. I've actually vomited next to Pachuto. I was in no. the vicinity as well. <laughs> Way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really happened. Uh, oh, let's see. Man. It it was German beer, a long walk with cigars, and in front of the Beale Street in uh, Covington, Kentucky, if I remember correctly. So I'm just saying you need to hang out with these people more. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky enough that I live about four miles away from Dave Fischuto, so I've been over to his house a few times, and, and we've hung out. He's an awesome guy. Funny enough, we met in Kentucky, um, not in Toledo, but, you know, <laughs> as that can happen. But uh, it's, it's David was one of the, the uh, main people that, that got me going into YouTube. When I first started, I didn't understand, because I, I was watching uh, Spagnolo years ago, but I didn't understand why I couldn't leave comments and it's because you had to be, you had to have a YouTube channel. I didn't, mm-hmm. me and technology don't get along. So it took me just a few years ago to figure that out. But David was one of the guys that I watched and fell in love with. And it was about the time he and Bob and Jimmy had just started, or were going to start their podcast. And he had just quit working full time. And I'd actually, you know, I, he commented back on his videos when I would comment to him. This was like so amazing. A few of these guys did that. Mm-hmm. And so I knew they were going to be at the Maker Fair in California. And I wanted to reach out to him. And my wife is like going crazy because she's just like, I can't believe you're actually, because I'm so anti-social. I don't like people generally. I'm afraid of them. Uh, <laughs> but now that I know makers, it's not that I don't like people. It's just that I, it's hard for me to feel I have something in common with people. But go. anyway, so I'll, for the first time, I, I told my wife, honey, I want to reach out to David Petuto and his wife. I know he just quit his job and he's making full time and he's traveling to California. I want to reach out to him because the Maker Fair in California is literally 20 minutes from my house. I said, I would like to reach out to him and offer a place to stay if he and his wife want to, to save a few dollars, you know. And so I, I messaged him, you know, which is, again, a new technology for me. It's like, okay, I know I can leave comments on his videos and I know he's on Facebook, but I'm going to actually message him him and so i did i said mr Pachuto, i i just you might need a place to stay and i just want to offer that my wife and i we have cats we have no kids we have a spare room you're you're absolutely welcome to stay with us and he reached out back he says hey actually to let you know jimmy might be working out a deal with make magazine and but if that falls through i might take you up on that i really really appreciate it and you haven't killed anybody in their sleep, have you? <laughs> so David Pacino asking me if I was a serial killer, 
is kind of how I got to know him. And, and at the time, you could you could honestly say no, right? <laughs> well, I, well, yeah. I mean, technically, De- define sleep <laughs> or define kill sleep. Or... or kill, really. <laughs> because I I had done things. Never mind. I, I, Never mind. Don't you don't need it. It's on. It's on the line. I mean, well, actually, you said you puked in front of David Petuto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that that kind of trumps the whole thing. But I, let's say that I, um, I've had bodily functions that have made people wish they were dead. <laughs> oh Jesus! Isn't this community a great thing? Oh, it is. Yeah, really though. And, and you guys, as fine, amazing woodworkers, and you invite somebody like me to to have a, a couple of laughs. Uh, I I can't tell you how honored I am to be here with you guys. Oh my gosh, we we are all about giving a voice. You know, bring it, bring your people like you out, and 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 getting your voice heard. Not that you only you have your own podcast, and I want to bring that up in a second. But <laughs> um, you know, it it you know, we're all we are a conversational podcast we're not one that necessarily i mean we have discussions and you might learn something from us maybe every once in a while but in generally we're here for the conversation we want to keep you know get people you know out and, and comfortable and and talking and and listeners comfortable with whoever is talking on our yeah on our I, I don't want to you're doing a hell of a job well we, we try <laughs> i don't want to go into this too much because we we tend to but um we're talking about all the you know the woodworking shows and the different conferences and and now things like uh, the Maker Fair and these these events we go to where you're talking to everyone who's like minded and especially I get the conference ones where you'll spend the whole weekend with them and I think when you did have all the people you're stalking over your house for make uh, for the Maker Fair <laughs> um, and yes. you spent the whole weekend with them that's. That's what's so wonderful about these events is that the events themselves are really cool. But what what right. moves them from really cool to wonderful is that you spend the whole block of time with other like-minded makers. And that's – you know we try to do an hour of that in the discussion of this podcast and sometimes it mm-hmm. goes well and sometimes it doesn't. But that's that's the goal is to just continue that conversation among people who share the same passion. Yeah, and, and getting that word out to um, – and the perfect example is just for me, my wife is somebody who, who's never used tools, never really had that. She's very artistic but just not something – and seeing people for the first time – I had another friend of hers came over to make her first pen. Oh, and, cool. Um, yeah, I mean it was just – I can't tell you how much pleasure you get from expanding this community. And, or at least I do, and you guys are a huge part of that expansion. So I, I appreciate. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, and, and and you've got your wife and and her friends, and and I've I've got my kids. I've turned I've turned pens with my my boys, and that is a a cool, really cool thing. Diami, you've your boys have made skateboards and stuff with you. I mean, yeah. Anytime you get to share it, is a is a great opportunity. Hmm. Absolutely. Here, here. <laughs> You've talked, Bill, about when uh, when you're done working at the airport to want to try to to make make things and make videos and make the let me paraphrase if I can make the community your your job in retirement. Um, yes. What the general participating, sharing, teaching, encouraging? I absolutely understand, but to refine it down to a particular project, is there? Is there something that you'd like 
let me not just to build, but to build and then teach other people how to build in order to to build more excitement about it and and encourage people to do it. You have a a project like that, not just you know you always wanted to make this, but something you you're desperate to 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 share and and propagate. Huh? You know that's a good question because I I had thought at at minimum when I when I'm able to full time not have to go to work so not working full time is you know being retired mm-hmm. um having people come over to my shop and introducing them to things that maybe they wouldn't see I haven't really thought about what exactly I could something specific make I think it's just a fact of getting people in there and seeing where their interests lie because there's so many different things you can do with so many different materials and tools and mm. You know, that's, that's a, that's a, um, that, that was a trick question. He's a sly one. Um, I, I can tell you this, that I, I know a lot of people, um, have asked me if I would make them a coffee table and I've told them no, but I'll show you how. Okay. And, um, so, you know, that's a good way I think to introduce people into, seeing if they like making is to have them participate in something that they need for their house or, you know, a coat rack or, you know, if they want something, even welding. I mean, Casey's used the welder. She's oh, cool. played with just about every tool in my shop. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So that is something I would look forward to as a uh, full-time maker. And then if I can talk them into letting me video it, even though I absolutely suck at technology, <laughs> I can document it enough to where you can see what happened and the fun that we have. So. I don't know the fact that you're able to to edit together and publish pretty darn video good videos. I don't think you're quite as inept with the technology as you make yourself out to be. I would agree with that. Uh, I, I you guys don't know. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I I'm just I'm I'm the next step for me right now is I'm I'm saving some pennies for a, for a CNC, and I oh my goodness the the amount of learning I'm going to have to do with technology in order to make that tool work is very intimidating to me. You know, if it, if it's, if it's a manual, if I, if somebody dropped off a great big giant, you know, mill or lathe in my driveway, I'm fine. Plug it in. Let's see in what ways it can kill me, avoid those ways. And let's play with how things work, but to actually, okay, now I have to, I have to communicate in a language with technology in order to make this do what I want. And I really want to do that because I see what other people are doing. So the, the, the fire has been lit, mm. but the terror of having to learn that new thing is there. No, I absolutely understand. I yeah. do think that we, we live in the right time where that kind of stuff is becoming more and more approachable. There are yes. more and more options out there. The interface is becoming a little bit easier. I mean, in, in, in my college days, I learned G-code. Uh, on a big Haas five-axis CNC mill, I, I have some very limited experience with that. That is that an is infinite not, amount more experience than I have. Right, that exactly. is not required to run a a three D printer or um, a, a, a laser or any of those things that are out there nowadays. As far as I can tell, um, seeing what people are producing with them with some fairly intuitive software, uh, right. it seems like the entryway is. A, it's a decently easy uh, entryway to go through. Um, yeah, which is there's, awesome. there's so many. Yeah, the, the community itself is there to help too. I mean, I, I've got oh, a, okay. I've already got a couple of people that want to 
they're, they're, you know, hey, man, when, if you decide you're going to get this thing, I will come over and show you how to use it and help you and figure it out. I mean, so it's it, it can happen. It's just like, like I said, I'm not afraid of tools, but looking at a computer as a tool, uh, that's one that does intimidate me a little bit. So I, mm-hmm. I, but yeah, it, I'm ready. It, it, that's phase. similar to, to, we mentioned previously, and I don't mean to boast, but I, I, Pasciuto got, Dave Pasciuto got his lathe and we had been communicating and I was like, I know, I, I, I don't use a lathe. I can show you how to do it. And he bought it without knowing anything about it. And that's and, awesome. <laughs> and, but he needed somebody to show him the way. So Did, I went over there. Didn't you also teach him how to shoot video and edit? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sir, I did not. Um, but no, I, you know, so it, it just, just if you got somebody like that, in, in, in my case, it was me, you know, with his lathe, but um, they can show you the ropes a little bit. I think that's a huge help. That, yeah, that'll ease a, your mind. That, that'll get you mo- using it. I mean, that's uh, that's really cool. But I, I, young, go ahead. I was going to say, there's a young man out there, Richard Moeller. Uh, who is a, it's what he does. And he's offered, he's fairly local to me. He's offered to come by and, and show me the rope. So that, that takes a big burden off of uh, my shoulders. You said you, you learned G code in college. I was just thinking, I think I saw that band one, a couple of times. <laughs> They're sweet. Yeah, <laughs> it's on two dollar cover night. Um, <laughs> no, but it, what you just said—you know—you've got a guy that's rather local. That this is the thing he does—is is CNC or three D printing. Um, can can everyone else respect the the fact that if you place that statement ten years ago, it is alien technology? Like the oh, yeah. advances that we've made in the last five, ten, fifteen years is mm-hmm. astronomical. Oh, I mean, I mean, come on. We we hold the entirety of the world in the palm of our hands as far as knowledge goes. Mm-hmm. You can look up what's going on right now in just about any spot on the planet, and and the entirety of the human written language is on my phone. I mean, yeah, technology is amazing. It's it's terrifying in some ways, but it's amazing at the same time. And I and I think of it as nothing but positive. I think the world is a better place because of technology. Going to be some bumps, I'm pretty sure along mm-hmm. the way, but. Uh, yeah, people are pretty cool. Yeah, they are. They're not. They're <laughs> not nearly as scary as I thought they were. I like there people a lot more than I used to. It's because you've I, met the right I people. Technology. I well, I'm t- I, right now meeting you two. I really <laughs> like people. I do. <laughs> I'm I hate to. Some- I hate to disappoint you, Bill, but unfortunately, not all New Yorkers are like me. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Well, between I mean, it's they're either like you or they're like Jimmy. Come on, how bad can that be? <laughs> I suppose. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this big thing up in a minute or two. But uh, before we do, Bill, is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to? You know what? There is um, uh, a couple of people actually. If, if if you've heard my podcast, I'll give like twenty if you let me. But. Uh, Bill Lavolsi, I don't know if you know who he is. I know Bill pretty well. Okay, Bill Lavolsi is having a non-lathe pen challenge. And I had considered doing something like that. Bill was one of the people that stayed at my house for Maker Fair. I love Bill. Um, Bill, if you're listening, big hugs. Uh, so I was like, yeah, non-lathe, even though I just got a lathe, <laughs> he wants to do a non-lathe challenge. Okay, whatever, Bill, I, I, I'll go with that. So I thought I was going to until a young man that I had sent a old broken uh, number four plane to in Yugoslavia, I don't know, Sebastian Olari. I don't know where the hell he is. Mm-hmm. But I sent him this, this plane, and he made a beautiful video on restoring it. Well, he also made a pen. 
And what he did was he, he took some copper wire, he stripped it, he uh, soldered it to a screw, put it in a drill, turned the drill on it, made this coil, and then he flooded the whole thing with solder and then shaved it back off. And I, I'm not going to be doing the pen challenge now. It's over. He won. <laughs> if you haven't seen this, Sebastian Olari, I think his YouTube channel is called Olari's, uh, O-L-L-A-R-I-S. And uh, this young man is an amazing maker anyway, and I love him, and this uh, pen was awesome. So I've not seen the video, but I have seen the finished pen in the in the pictures that I've been going around, and it oh, it looks amazing. Yeah, I I I I'm, I still may try and do something. I've got a couple of ideas that involve a, an old international pickup truck, but I got to talk the guy into it. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> I um, I I I have not heard about uh, this. I I'm eager to look it up, but I did quickly look up uh, Bill's challenge, and I find it ironic that you can win a lathe. If you win right. the, yeah. the no lathe pen challenge, so that's pretty cool. Well, if you're making a pen on a lathe, you probably don't need a lathe. Mm, true. Wait. What if you made a pen out of a lathe? Oh. Mm. As long as you don't turn the lathe on the lathe, I think it's okay. It would qualify. Right. If the if the lathe itself could actually write, because that's what a pen is. The definition of a pen is an instrument that writes with ink, I would think. Ish. Ish. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Now you guys got me thinking. You should yeah. turn it to one of your turning gouges into a pen, and as the wood's spinning, you could write on it. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I'm <laughs> writing that down. I'm still writing that down. Gouge pen. Yeah, if you've got like a little, like a quarter inch, like spindle gouge, something real small diameter like that. The one that you bent probably is that small. Uh, yeah, I've uh, got I got seven of those things that are garbage. I could play both. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bill Labolsi, um, Bill, I love you, but thanks for giving me a heads up. I would have waited. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, that's uh, that's super cool. Yeah. So that's my shout out. Well, a twofer. I gave you a twofer. I like it. I got to yeah, look up the video. I, I didn't want you to have to go the whole episode without giving somebody a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Yami, I love you. <laughs> well, you know, we were we were tweeting when you were in Boston. And unfortunately, with that damn 100th episode coming up in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there was no way I was sneaking away for a weekend that time of year. But uh, next time you are in the greater New York area, you're getting a hug. Oh, dude, Aww. absolutely. I, my, my visit to the East Coast for the first time in my life was so far beyond anything I can explain phenomenally, amazingly. Just It was nothing but a hug fest. And, and uh, I, wow, you guys on that side of the country from the middle over, because my first trip out of California, well, farther out of California, I've only ever been to Colorado. And then I went last year to Illinois. Uh, which is hopefully where I'm retiring. And then I went to Boston just recently. You people are great. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. We think we're great, so we must be right. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Well, that's a big reason why I love you guys so much, because you all agree with me. <laughs> I say you're great. You say you're great. That's right. Everybody's happy. It works. That's uh, <laughs> um that, That's comforting to hear, a West Coast guy coming to the East Coast and and – 
feeling welcome and, and excited to meet the people. That's pretty good. Well, you, you Midwesterners are welcome on the East Coast too, Sean. I guess. <laughs> you know, it's I've funny. Wa- I've walked again. with you in central you know, Iowa, and uh, I've... I've experienced a New Yorker out of his element. I don't know. <laughs> I say it's funny. Be, being from the Bay Area, we see a lot of visitors, especially in San Francisco, and 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 you can tell. You can just mm-hmm. tell people they're stopping, they're taking pictures of like you know manhole covers. <laughs> uh, I was that guy. I was that guy in Boston. <laughs> and uh, we we got there super early in the morning on a Friday, like at six thirty in the morning. Our flight came in, and so oh. we kind of just walked around as people were going to and from, you know, trying to get to work and everything else. And it was just, I was the, I was the pent ultimate tourist. Huh? Huh? Uh-huh. Uh, and I tell is, you, is pen ultimate? Is that because you make the ultimate pens? No, I, I don't actually make pens. I don't have a lathe no. either. I'd have to make a, a lathe-less pen. Well, you yeah, can, there's a contest. I, 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 contest I, I should, I, I, the problem is I got to build this damn table first. <laughs> When's the contest? Oh, yeah, so what part of the table do you have? Um, well, okay, so I'm sitting in my den now, staring into my kitchen, and uh-huh. the tabletop is glued up across the middle of my kitchen. I set up my folding workbench in the middle of the kitchen, and there's the tabletop still glued up. I glued it up last night at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I haven't come in to work on it yet, so it's still glued up in the kitchen. And then what I did today was I took – it's a trestle table. So I took all the trestle leg foot stretcher components – and took them from rough lumber to right now they are all completely milled and cut. All the joinery is done between the feet and the stretchers and the posts. The only thing I have left to do in terms of joinery is join the stretcher that runs down the middle to the two posts. And that was going to be a through wedge tenon. But as I was walking in here, um, for any of you who are out in podcast land, when we recorded this, we were starting at about 9 o'clock and I came in from the shop at about 845 and I realized that when we're done recording, uh, I have to go back out there and finish the joinery. It's no longer going to be through wedge tenons. It's going to be dominoes. <laughs> dominoes. Um, <laughs> but today I will get all that joined. So tomorrow I'll have to sand and glue up the trestle assembly. I have to scrape the glue off and sand the top and put right. it all in the truck. And on Wednesday morning, drive it to North Carolina. So okay. was the there's two things thing- important, bro. Yeah, real quick. So, was the wedge tendon thing an attempt to have this be like flat shippable? Not shippable. I know you're driving it down, but like that it was collapsible and you could assemble it. No, no. Like, the wedge tendon was leg. just a, I, I'm making a table for one of my best friends from college. I thought I should do something fancy. Okay. Like I, right. I just I thought it'd be nice, and I wasn't like um, the plans. I'm I'm following uh, Tommy McDonald's trestle table plans because. When I started on the project, I went through like a bunch of different trestle tables. I was thinking about designing my own, and I don't mean this in any despairing way, but the plans that were in the rough cut book were the simplest. And when I realized I would have to make this table in three days, I took out every bit of unnecessary ornamentation and just went for the simplest design. But his design is yeah, you do what you got to do. I mean, there's no no shame in that. Um, But Tommy's design is. The posts join the feet and the str- and the top. Um, what does he call them? Top brackets, whatever the hell they're called. Um, they're all through wedge tenons, and then this, the center stretcher to the two posts is through wedge tenons. The whole thing is through wedge tenons. It's it's really only six joints, but it's all through wedge tenons. And I was like, the ones on the top and the feet, you can't see. I'm never going to do that. So I got four ten millimeter dominoes in each of them, and it's going to be just as strong. 
Um, but I figured, you know what, the two at the end of the stretcher, you can see it. It's a visual joint. It's only two, 210, and it's not that big a deal. I can cut them, and if I had a day to cut them, no problem. I would do it, and I'd make them beautiful, and I'd wedge them, and blah, blah, blah. But I'm really hoping to be to bed by about 1 o'clock tonight, so um, it's going to be Domino's. <laughs> Domino's it is. So I was going to say two yeah. things that stuck out to me. Number one, I'm proud of myself because I, I understood what you just said. I really do. <laughs> and the second thing is the fact that you can see in your dining room this giant glue up. I might have a little tiny bit of a man crush on you right now. I'm just saying because that is sexy as hell. You, ha- you have to admit that it's only because the wife and kids are out of town. Wait. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I tweeted last night that, you know, like I would get in trouble. And all things being equal, if it wasn't physically in her way, um, I don't think she would have a problem with me gluing it up. And all things being equal, I'm not going to hide it from her. But that being said, there is no possible way I could glue up a tabletop in the middle of the kitchen without it being in the way of the three boys who expect to eat every day. And right. <laughs> for whatever reason, <laughs> when they don't eat, she's the one they complain to. So. It would. That's why it would really piss her off if if she was here trying to, you know, keep peace in the house while I'm blocking the entire kitchen with a glue up. Um, All that to say that she's not there, so you don't have to worry about it. Oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, but still pretty impressive that you get to. Yeah, I, I'm still well, I'm still getting over the crush. The yeah, uh, the, the last time, I don't. This time it. She has a brother and sister, and the three of them are like a. They they did a little sibling getaway thing um but i don't remember what she did she went away for a weekend and i think she went away with some of her friends and like it was moms and kids went on this little trip but it was just a weekend so i left work early on friday and i emptied the contents of my shop into my living room and i put down a new floor in the shop and by the time she got home the only thing left in the living room was my workbench and i had to have her help me carry it back (laughs) into the shop (laughs) That's so awesome on so many levels. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Um, and you know, these are things that it's not that I'm not allowed to do them, but it's just the inconvenience they cause to the house is far too disruptive to do when people are here. But when people are gone, you do what you can. Mm-hmm. Hey. And um, I think that'll lead us right into our fortnightly beer choice. I think that is a wonderful segue. Fair. All right. So, Sean. Uh, yes. What is your fortnightly beer choice, my friend? So I was at the my beer store. This weekend, actually, a store that's um, a, a general store that has a pretty good wine and beer selection, and they're going out of business soon. And so, oh. it's a community thing that's been around here for fifty years, and they're they're shutting up shop, and it's kind of sad. But everyone, you know, you can tell there's a bit of a flock to it. Going, oh, what have I missed? You know, what have I not been seeing? <laughs> um, so I went there with the wife the other day, and, and we we're like, oh, what beer do they have? And so I picked up this uh, Belgian. A Belgian style farmhouse ale from Goose Island called Halia, and it wasn't until I got it home that I noticed it was a 2013 version of it. Oh! Um, but being a farmhouse live hopped uh, ale, it can p- continue to mature uh, in bottle, and it was very good. I, I killed a bomber while we were recording tonight, which is a testament to how good it was. Um, a bomber is how very big? good. 750 mil. Imperial, my friend. Imperial. Um, I don't know. That's the size of a whiskey bottle. It's it's a it's a wine bottle. Okay. It's seriously a wine bottle. I mean, it's the whole. Okay, I know I know the size you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. It's the so size it, of a lot it, of the Allegash come in the bigger bottle. Yeah, it's a big it's a big bottle. Like again, it's a standard size. I think. I hope. It's a bomber. Call it a bomber. Sounds cool. 
Anyway, if you can find it, um, they've made it years years on as I looked it up a little bit. Um, and it's very good. My wife, who doesn't technically like it's a little bit sour. I know, Diami, you hate sours. Um, but my wife took a big glass of it and she loved it. So I, I guess I didn't drink the whole thing. I shared it with my wife. <laughs> How about you? What do you got, Diami? Um, I've got the, the Allagash Hoppy Table Beer. It's their does new. Table have, does it have rabbits on it? <laughs> it should, damn it. It should. <laughs> no, it's got this neat little abstract. Many thing, um, but it mm. it should. It's uh, you know, Allagash is all done in a Belgian style, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's an IPA is really what it is. They can call it what they want, um, but it's a very fr- it's not it's not as hoppy as many hoppy IPAs I've had are. For a Belgian beer, it's a pretty hoppy, but it's in the world of an IPA, I would say it's not terribly hoppy. I don't know how the IBUs rate. Um, but it's got a lot of of um, it's got a, it's got a lot of subtle fruit flavor, and I know that's kind of a, I'm contradicting myself. It's not an overpowering fruity beer, but it has a has wonderful deep tone of fruit and a, a nice aftertaste of fruit. So um, it's I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't quite what I was expecting. I was thinking it would be really hoppy, but I think I think just for them, it's it's real it's hoppy. Um, and they're just a brand that I like, so I was willing to try it. Normally, I don't like something that's really, really hoppy, which I guess is probably a little hypocritical since I do like most IPAs. But a lot mm-hmm. of IPAs can be too hoppy. Like the, and a, a lot of what Dogfish does. Grolsch Groof. Who's the – Trof? Grolsch. Trof. I think it's Trof. Oh, Trobes? Trobes, yes. With I can't, a G? Trogues? Trogues. I think that's it. I can't, I can't yeah. drink it. It's like, it's like liquid hops. It's disgusting. There are certain. Um, um, who's the other one? Um, oh, they have tall, skinny cans. Oh, uh, six um, point. Six point. Yeah, oh, six, six point's point delightful. Does well, but they're they have one called resin. Okay, but here's the that, thing: is uh, maybe this is the distinction I like. Even resin, it's crisp. It's not syrupy. It that's and true. Yeah. Some of these hoppy things are just they they get too syrupy, and that's that's what I think kills it because. Six Point, Six Point is a fantastic brewery. Um, they've they've oh, been closed lately. I've been wanting to go to take a tour, and but anyway, um, actually, Bill, when you're in New York, I'll give you a hug, and we'll go get some good beer in Brooklyn. Um, well, I, this this turned into something I wasn't expecting. I mean, you used the word delightful, syrupy. This is awesome. I I, I feel like I should wear a button up shirt. Right <laughs> um, Who knew? So anyway, in my choice, Allagash Hoppy Table Beer. Try it. I, I got I to gotta find it. I don't think I get it, Allagash. Right Allagash now. just released it as their newest four-season beer. It's not a special release. It's going to be just on the shelf. So uh, I only saw it in the store the first time a couple days ago, and I bought it. So mm. it should be making it to you sooner than later. I hope so. And now that you've heard our flowery uh, descriptions of our favorite beers of the night, Bill? Got uh, well... You know, it's, there's one brew pub where I live in Hayward, California. There's many around the Bay Area, but I live in this more smaller town. And um, it's called Buffalo Bills, no, just by chance. Uh, but they are a brew pub, and they make their own beer. And so what I have in my mini fridge out in the garage, um, and this this is not saying anything about my relationship with my wife, but it's called Alimony Ale. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it is a more darker almost like a Guinness type of beer, I would say. I don't know how to use these fancy words you guys do, but it's a darker beer. Okay. It's on the bitter side, but it's like 9.3%. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of enjoy that because I can have one with the medication I'm on now. I don't drink a lot anyway, but I can have one and, uh, and it you does the job. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, uh, it's viscosity is quite floral and it's <laughs> Uh, let's see. It is an American IPA. Yes, oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, it's 6.8% ABV. Uh, no, it's 9.3. Oh, this one says 6.8, but okay. Oh, it, Maybe they've got a higher version of it. This is on rate beer I'm looking at, but uh, and, at oh. any rate. Um, that, I, I wish that would come this way. I've never heard of Buffalo Bills. I don't know if they distribute, but... Uh, I You know, I don't think they do. You can take a six pack of certain stuff out when you leave. Um, That's but it. it's seasonal because they have like blueberry and pumpkin during the, you know, Thanksgiving and the, the lighter beers, of course, in the spring and summer. But, uh, yeah, that's where I go. That's pretty nice. Yeah. They have, uh, their, their, maybe it's just the one on tap. That's a higher percentage. Oh, that's very possible. Yeah. A little, little private reserve action going on that they can, uh, they can sell there. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's quite quite um, scrumptious. Excellent. <laughs> I feel kind of fancy right now. This is fun. <laughs> it's it's fun to talk about the finer things in life. Everyone's and for us that's beer. It may not be that fine, but it it's it is what it is. At any rate, so. that uh that just about wraps up our show. Well, before uh, we do wrap up though, Sean. Yes, um, sir. Bill, you want to take this opportunity to tell people where they can find, see you on the internet? Oh, yeah. You know what's cool? This, I, this is, again, why I love this community. I don't know how this happened, but I have a website. And it's called <laughs> williamlutz.com. And it's got all of my, let me see, I have to remember how to say it, all of my social media links, <laughs> as well as those of Tim and Phil and the guy who made it just and sparks as and my wife's salon and my reclaimed audio podcast so everything okay. on the web that's important is right there at williamlutz.com everything you will ever need just go to williamlutz.com that's pretty cool and did, was it a fan that made it for you or did you yeah did... just one of uh, a guy that likes the podcast and uh, he supports us on um patreon and surprisingly one day i, I was talking with tim and phil live on the air and they're like, hey, they, they were talking about doing a website. And then I have no clue. They're like, well, you, you type in Google it. See if it's available. You know, you can buy it. And I, I typed in williamloots.com. And all of a sudden, here comes this website with all my videos on it and Facebook. And it just blew me away. That is uh, it's pretty cool. Isn't it, though? So, Justin Sparks, thank you, brother, if you're listening. Uh, and I'll make sure I tell him to listen to you guys. I think he does already because he's a podcast listener. So thank you, Justin. <laughs> That's awesome. And we can't you, also your podcast. You've mentioned it. It's the uh, Reclaimed Audio Podcast, right? So if if yeah, you're out there and you don't listen, start listening. Yeah, it's it's just a, a lot of nonsense and some information. <laughs> I think it's more information than nonsense because I, I don't think Phil would let it be anything else. Oh, well, you know, he's not the boss of me. <laughs> uh, he kind of is the boss of me, but not really. But he is. <laughs> as much you know as what? you allow if you're going to have a Canadian be in charge of you he's the one I'd pick right there you go alright so now now that we've gotten that out of the way Sean <laughs> let's wrap this thing up 
<laughs> All right. If you uh, if you haven't already, uh, please subscribe to our show on iTunes or Google Play Music. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. We'll be there. Uh, then you, you can never you know you can make sure you never miss uh, one of our wonderfully exciting, uh, floral, thrilling. thrilling podcasts like you just heard just now. Um, and while you're there, leave us a review. You know, it's like the, the nice thing to do. And uh, thank you for listening to the Modern Woodworkers Association. If you'd like to learn more about the show, you can check us out at modernwoodworkersassociation.com. You can follow the MWA on Twitter at MWA underscore national. Like the MWA on Facebook or circle Modern Woodworkers Association on Google+. The best thing you can do is to tell a friend because word of mouth goes a long way in sharing the discussion. And I am Sean Wisniewski of the Corner Workshop uh, and uh, at SeanW78 on most social medias, including Instagram and Untapped. I am Diami Plotke of the Penultimate Woodshop, and you can find all my rantings at modernwoodworkersassociation.com. And by the time you listen to this, I may not have gone to bed, but I will have finished a table. Yeah! How do you top that? That's cool. <laughs>